Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott, and I'm your host. I'm a transformational leader and an instigator of joy. I use human design, professional coaching, and intuition to help people relax into their true essence so they can experience more ease, abundance, and joy. And this week, I've got something super special for you. My friend Meg Haynes is back on the podcast. This is not Meg's first time. Not at all her first rodeo and this, but it is the first episode that she has been on in 2021 and mm, her wisdom is deep. Her light is so bright. Her heart is so enormous. This is an aligned projector with her penetrating energy, her ability to see everyone else. Meg is love. And that this conversation is coming at the perfect time, the perfect time for me, the perfect time for all of us as this week, the week of Christmas, 2021, we are in our sons are in gate 10. That is the gate of self-love. And this is not a self selfish place. This is not a narcissistic place. There is nothing icky about this gate. This is a gate of deep self-acceptance, of alignment, deep love of the self. We need to love ourselves and see ourselves and accept ourselves in the present moment in order to be able to love others. What an incredible gift at this time of solstice, solstice Christmas, Kwanzaa, all of the, all of the light bringing. And here we are with the gift of loving ourselves. And Meg, Meg is such a beautiful guide for that. I hope you enjoy this conversation. One thing before we get started, I am still offering mini sessions. So these are 30 minute sessions with me where you come with your question. Like, how do I be more aligned in my business? How do I take care of my body, my physical body? How can I be more spiritual? How can I be more mindful? How do I tackle this? Whatever question you have, you bring that. We use your human design chart, do some laser coaching and change your life in 30 minutes. So you can book those on my website. The link is in the show notes. So book a mini session right now. If you book it in December, you will lock in the current price. Prices are going up in January. All right. That's all you need to hear from me, except I may want to tell you that that website, I said, you can book it on my website. Website is kelseyabbott.com. You can get all the things there. Sign up for my newsletter. There's a lot of times I will announce new offerings just to my newsletter list. And so you want to be on there so you don't miss out. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a light that elevates the consciousness of the world. Thank you for being you. You are a miracle. I love you. You are amazing. Go forth and be awesome. Meg, this is our first recording in 2021. I think. Can you believe that? Really? 
I think wow. so. I think we did like two or three last year. This is definitely absolutely positively not your first time on the fun, your awesome podcast. <laughs> no, I always love being here. This is your fifth or sixth, I think. <laughs> I'm so glad you're wow, here. This year went by fast then. <laughs> it <laughs> it did. It was, it was quite the year. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> okay. I want to just jump right in to, I feel like, so, so for everyone listening, Meg and I talk all the time, which is such a gift. And this is part of why I'm so excited to finally share a peek into these beautiful conversations I get to have with these, this incredible, I don't have English words for you, my friend, (laughs) you are pure love and light. And I'm so disappointed in the English language right now because it's not giving me the words that I want. You really, truly are deeply connected with your soul and your human. And you're here to experiment with this whole human and spiritual thing and find your way with divine guidance. And it is such a gift to me to be able to watch you and learn from you. So just thanks for doing your thing. Well, likewise, and thank you for always, you know, in this experimentation, we need people that we trust that we can, um, share these reflections of our experience with, um, that know us deeply and intimately and can offer perspectives to be able to, you know, really bring to light all that we're learning in the moment. Cause when you're in it, <laughs> sometimes it can be a little challenging to see where you're going because you're just in it. So thank you for being my guiding light <laughs> in the experimentation of this human journey. It is an honor and a pleasure. And <laughs> this isn't where I thought we were going to start right now, but I just, we need to talk about caves environment for a second. Uh, I love that we share this. It's a big thing. And usually like we're doing this podcast right now and I'm cozied up on the couch. I have my big blanket. (laughs) I'm just nestled in. I've got my Christmas tree lit up behind me. And for me, it's, it's these little sacred containers that allow me to feel really nourished and held that free my soul in a way you would for people who aren't cave people this might feel really suffocating or contracting or oh my gosh you're in the same place every day doesn't that get boring and it's like no that's what that I think allows me to flow and be really flexible and um follow my curiosity and having the four arrows pointing to the right I have very feminine energy that really just needs to be in the moment. So I need something to ground me. (laughs) And for me, that's my, that's my cave. That's my little container. I've been feeling it lately. I feel like I have daily epiphanies about my caveness. And one was, I think I shared this with you. I was driving one day and saw this person, this convertible pulled up next to me. And I was like, Oh, that feels really uncomfortable. Like the idea of being in a convertible, cause you're not like a car is, a, is a cave. You have right. your safe space. And so this person was just like out there. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed so uncomfortable. 
And then my other epiphany, I can't remember. I think I shared this with you. This was earlier this week. I realized so cave people don't like being snuck up on. Mm -hmm. This is why we sit with our backs to things always. And it's why I don't like having phone calls that are Mm. not scheduled. Same. Like, don't, don't, oh my God, the phone rang. I wasn't supposed to ring at that time. That is a no. And by the way, my phone doesn't make noise. I've gotten rid of all of that. (laughs) That is not a risk. Yeah. No, I've definitely taken notifications off, but it's like, if I don't, a, if I don't know you and you're calling me that you're going straight to voicemail anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then B it's like, and I always used to feel bad about this and now I just embrace it. I either have the capacity to be really present and I'm feeling excited about the phone call. Um, or I don't, and it's not fair to fake that with anyone. And so that's why I tend to like to schedule even with friends. Hey, yeah. are you free right now? Cause I'm feeling really, um, engaged and able to be present. And so that allows me to be in that energy, but if I'm not, then it's a waste of energy for me and the other person to kind of play that game. Yeah. I feel you so much. And there's, I just love watching you master your projector energy too. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's a journey for sure. (laughs) Well, I think that's also, you know, speaking of caves and then also being a projector, um, over the years, you know, growing up, I loved being in the center of everything. Um, we used to have parties at my house all the time. I would have all my friends over, we would do all the sleepovers and, now, and I would host parties all the time. Now I've really, uh, shifted completely. Like I really want to be in my own environment. Um, I'd rather be one-on-one or just like a one and a couple on one together. Um, because I feel like that's how I can really be present when there's too many people. Now, I just feel like I'm, so aware of all the different energies and, and focused on, um, like some of my conditioning comes out of like, is everybody okay? Is everyone taken care of And, and I'm really, I really try in bigger environments to just focus one-on-one because that's where I can, um, really be accessible, but I have to be honest and say, I just really like my little environment and being intimately with like a couple people at a time, if not one person at a time, otherwise it just feels really overwhelming. And I guess this is, this would be a permission slip, whether this resonates for you or not to just honor that as we grow and as we change, and as we come more and more in alignment with ourselves, our needs change, our desires change the way we interact with people, what we used to like, maybe doesn't feel good in our bodies anymore. And we can hold on to these expectations, especially as we're recording this, we're moving into the Christmas season, like Christmas is next week, which is just bananas. I can't even blows my mind. Um, and maybe this will air. In no, January. This is, this is airing on the 23rd. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> great. Perfect. But the, I think the key is, is, and, and maybe an invitation going into the new year as well as really looking at you know, 
this is the way that I've done things. Does it still work for me now? Is it supportive? Is it sustainable? Um, does it bring me joy or is it now become an expectation? Does it now become a pressure? Does it now go into the category of performance and conditioning versus I really want to be here. This really feels aligned for me. This is really where I, I, um, how I want to give, how I want to show up. And that's the thing is we can get really locked in on this is the way it has to look. And sometimes when we expand out and just give ourselves permission to ask the brave questions of what would it look like if I did this a little differently in a more aligned way, we can start to feel some of that ease, some of that pressure lift and begin to see actually, you know, instead of running from this house to this house, to this house, to this house on the one sacred day, I look forward to every year. And then by the end of the day, every year I feel exhausted and depleted and I didn't even enjoy it. And it's now all over. What would it be like to do it a little bit differently? And maybe just that's your sacred day. And then the rest of the year is just choosing one group of people to spend your day with. And then another group of people or whatever, maybe it's having a zoom trivia party. Maybe like we can get really creative here. I think it's honestly giving yourself the permission to ask the question, does this work for me anymore? And that over the last four months has been something I've really had to get honest and ask myself, not just around like holidays or whatever, but around everything in my life. Does this work for me? Does this support me? Is this something I can maintain? Am I deeply nourished, as you said um, earlier off this call, by what I'm doing and how I'm living. And if I'm not, that's an open door. That's an invitation. Yeah. So what have you discovered in asking yourself these questions? Well, I didn't think I was going to go here, but we we are. (laughs) I also just realized deeply nourished. We both have taste digestion. So we're probably going to use words like nourishing, delicious, like taste, (laughs) Just that's how, that's how we process the information. Sensual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Experience. Uh-huh. Um, well, so in September I had a bomb really dropped on my life. Um, I was 14 weeks pregnant and I had a miscarriage and I think whenever you experience a trauma like that, or maybe a diagnosis, you just, you always, you never see it as something that's going to happen to you. And so then you have to really realize that, okay, this is, this is something I'm in now. This is, this is the journey ahead for me is through this. And, um, so there were definitely dark days. I'm not gonna, I've, I've done a lot of deep healing work and a lot of grief work, um, to get to this place of being able to talk about it. But I do want to preface that by saying it is not, um, anytime there's a loss of some kind or trauma, um, our, our culture does not 
know how to handle that. We don't give ourselves the permission and the time to grieve the way that we really need to. And so what happens that emotion, that energy doesn't go anywhere. It just stays in our bodies. And then it comes out a year later on the anniversary. It comes out 10 years later with a diag- with another diagnosis or something else. Um, always the body and life and the divine wanting us to move through and heal and witness the very things that we've experienced. And so being, I, I knew I had to take time off in order to, in order to heal, in order to practice what I, what I talk about. Um, and I have this beautiful community that I've had for five years called divine feminine mastery. And these women are just so gracious and so beautiful and so loving. And this community just really rallied and held me in this space in this time. But it was a moment when I realized I don't have the capacity. I literally don't have the capacity to show up for anyone else in my life right now, except me and my husband. Like that's all I have the capacity for. And I just let that be okay because I didn't have a, I literally didn't have a choice. Um, but in that, in that space where I, where I took time away from my community, I took, I pulled back from a lot of things. I began to ask myself, you know, this bomb has been dropped, but if we're going to get really, really honest before this bomb was dropped, you were feeling depleted. You were feeling burnt out. You were feeling uninspired. You were feeling exhausted, partly because of pregnancy. (laughs) Um, But you were not feeling fulfilled in your life. And so we have two choices. We can go back to that because you can just pick right back up where where you left off. Or you can go into that and ask, well, what in my life am I missing then? And one of my favorite quotes by my teacher, Robert Holden, is if you think something is missing in your life, it's probably you. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That is it's really good. And I always loved it, but I really get it now. I really, really get it because losing this baby made me realize that I had, I was actually lost. I was the one that was lost and being a projector, it's so easy to be outwardly focused. And in the line of work that I do, it's so easy for me to really tend to and be available and, and want to, cause it, you know, it, I love those interactions. I love the people that I get to serve. It really, I really feel very blessed by the, by the community that I'm surrounded by. But there was a huge piece missing. And before I was ever a spiritual teacher or a healer or on that path, I was a creative. I was a dancer. I was a singer. 
I played the piano. I was on stage. Like I was a performer. I loved to create. Creating was my lifeline. Creating helped me through a lot of trauma in my early childhood experience before I had all of these healing tools and modalities. And that part of me felt just so thirsty, like not even like beyond thirsty, just like a, like, please feed me something. And I realized that all of that creative energy that I, that I'd been pouring into this container was really asking to be poured in another direction to pour it, to be poured into books and writing and creating new, th new things and new choreography and new music, like whatever. I don't even know what it looks like. I don't need to know what it looks like, but there was a part of me that was feeling very unfulfilled, a huge part of me and had been for a very long time. And we do this thing as human beings, as we wait until, well, let me just get to this place or when this happens, then I'll X, Y, Z. Except that we just stay on the hamster wheel and just keep doing the same thing and keep saying the same thing. And another year goes by and we're like, I still haven't done that thing. And then the shame and the judgment and the guilt comes in, which are not effective those are taught <laughs> um, emotional experiences, but they are also invitations as well. We can look at anything as an invitation. Well, this is just really showing me that I'm not happy, that I'm not living my design, my life. And when you and I dive, dove into it even more into the human design piece, which is your brilliance, um, it even said that I'm here to experience life and feel deeply and create art from that. And that art is what heals. So it's not, it's not how I was viewing how it needed to be, but rather what I actually love doing is creating and letting that art heal and speak to people in the way that it needs to. So, but it took a while. It took me continuing to ask brave questions, continuing to going back and just listening to how I was feeling. And when you have a lot of resistance around something, yes, it could be because there's a fear there. Um, but a lot about in this case, it was, this is not for you. 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 And I kept trying to make it for me because it was what I knew. And I, and I knew it worked. Yeah. I knew it like was valuable. Your body is telling you it's not for you. And in the, at the same time, people love it. People are loving it. Right. You're really good at it. Yeah. 
And that just, of course, like massively complicates all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was another piece, which I think we can all, um, well, not all of us, but many of us who are holding space for others in whatever way that looks like can again, become so attuned to putting others needs before our own. And that was a big thing that I realized was my business had become about the people I was serving, but it didn't serve me. It wasn't serving me and it wasn't serving me for a very long time, but I knew I was helping people. I knew I was quote unquote doing my work, just not in a way that lit me up. And yet as someone with personal karma, as a three, five, you are here to literally heal yourself. Right. And by healing yourself, you heal the world. Yeah. And that was the other piece is, you know, it's so easy for me to see other people very clearly harder for me to see myself. Um, but that's, I knew that's where I needed to go. I needed to to go back in and do some big exploration into me and just allowing myself to do that. Um, I mean, this is, this is the brilliant and beautiful thing about healing work is, and I, I think it's important to, if you feel called to it, to have someone that you trust or, or a couple people that you trust to help guide you and support you in ways that, that really feel aligned and nourish, nourishing. However, all that guidance that they're reflecting to you is what you already know, whether you're conscious of that or not. And the most profound thing is that if you actually give yourself the gift of your own presence and stay with yourself instead of running to the phone to see if there's an inspirational post you can lean on, running to the book to see if you can find that quote that was really helpful, boxing your, your coach because you, and, and, and none of those things are bad. I just also want to clarify, none of those things are bad, but also can we practice pausing being present, listening to our bodies, asking questions, listening for the response, because the longer that you can choose to stay with yourself, the more of your own wisdom you'll be graced with. And it's amazing how all of that is there and it's accessible we just have to be there to receive it. And in this world of like immediacy, like I need it now, I'm feeling anxiety. I need to, to like shut off the anxiety. We, we are so attuned to reach externally for these things when the real spiritual practice is you have to reach within because that's, that's where the sustainable healing comes from. Not the momentary piece but the true lasting unconditional peace is here. And we have to learn to attune to that 
because the world is always going to be changing. There's always going to be things, even when you are actively in the growth and tending to your practice and cultivating gratitude and joy and peaceful living that doesn't make you immune to life happening to grief happening. And I think we think like, oh, if I just say my affirmations, then I'll be untouchable. Except that we came here for a human experience. We came here to grow as souls. So how do you grow? Not by things being easy, through the challenge, through continuing to open our hearts when it hurts, when we actually wanna close them to trusting what our body's saying when we, when our mind is telling us something different or society is telling us something different to be brave enough to go, thank you, but I'm just going to trust what I feel here. This is the magic of Meg Haynes. (laughs) That last rambles of Meg. No, those last like four (laughs) minutes came straight from my G center. Maybe. I don't know. You're just bouncing off it. But that was that was your penetrating energy just being like, oh, I'm gonna let this speak through me. For anyone who's listened to what will it be the last the two most recent episodes of the Find Your Awesome podcast, my solo episode and the one Pete and I recorded, you're you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I mean Oh my God. Yeah. The church of my canes is absolutely my favorite. <laughs> hey, you know, just, just live in life, figuring things out, passing it along. That's, and that's, what, that's what we're here to do. <laughs> that's what we're here to yeah. do. I think, as you said, we can be the most, we can be doing the work. We can be doing the healing on ourselves constantly and we can miss stuff. We can live mm-hmm. out of alignment. We can fall out of alignment and some of that is because it's not until we're ready that we're shown like, oh, this. It's like, oh, there's another floor to this house. I had no idea what's yeah. up there. And Absolutely. That's we do the deep exploration. Yeah. It all can be a gift. You yes. know, it really is our perspective with how we choose to live life. And it is a choice. It is a conscious choice. Um, but that's honestly, there's no other alternative for me. Right. Cause when I was in that experience, it was very painful. It was deeply like, how could this happen? You know, all, all the, all the, que- all the like questions and the swearing at God and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like I was very much in that. But then what do I, what do I do? Like, okay, what would my practice tell me? My practice would go, well, here's an opportunity. My ego goes, well, I don't want this opportunity. I didn't ask for this, but my soul knows how resilient I am. My soul knows what this opportunity is really offering me. And in losing my baby, I found myself again. Yeah. And that 
is one of the greatest gifts I was given because it would have been very easy for me to keep going and doing the thing that I was doing because I knew it was helping and serving. So I could just keep doing that to the point where then my body would break down and would take me out completely because my body does that (laughs) Um, because it loves me. And it's like, okay, enough of this. Mm-hmm. And you did, I, I remember hearing this quote once is it's not a, it's not a go back. It's a comeback. And it was about mm. like, after being injured as an athlete, yeah. I always think of that. And I don't like the phrase comeback either because that it's actually very similar to go back. But the point is you're not going to, you're not going to go back to being the person you were before this. This was a big evolutionary slap. This is a big, like, not in the tree or whatever. This is a hard shove. (laughs) I find it interesting that both of us in our grief this year came to that place of, I can only space for me and my husband. And like, my world has to be really small right now. And there was there was loving input from people like you, mm-hmm. but there was no, there was no room for output. And I feel like we had, both of us had to come to that place of like, this is real. This is what matters. Like really, truly, no matter what happens from here, as I, as I grow and I'm willing to share my energy in more ways, the truth is that this is always going to be, this is it. Right. Well, and then, and then asking that question, like, is this, is what matters getting the best of me? Yeah. Cause that's the point, right? Or is it getting the rest of me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and, and that ultimately I think is, is an important question. I invite everyone to ask is like, what actually truly matters to me? Because we can get very influenced, um, especially in social media, um, by other people's lives and lifestyles and what equates to happiness and what equates to success and what equates to this and that. But that might not be what brings you the most joy, but it might be the thing that you are striving for because you believe it's the thing that will bring you joy because that's what other people told you. But no amount of money, no amount of success, no amount of XYZ is ever going to make up for you being truly present and nourished by life because you're nourishing the things that matter and you're available for them. Yeah. So your life on the other side of only having a few more weeks, less than that, of DFM. What does that feel like in your body? Well, when I made the decision, I mean, it was, it was in the works for, since September, you know, since having that recognition of, I don't have the capacity to show up in this container 
pouring into this container, creating for this container um, in the way that I did before. It's not sustainable. And for me to keep trying to do it is also not supportive to me. And if I'm not supported, then I really am not supporting others at the level that I could and want to, what feels right for me. And so was just looking at all these different, is it a restructuring? Is it this? Is it that? Is it taking me out? Except for the fact that taking me out is, wasn't the answer to the equation either, because I am the, and this is not an egoic thing, but like, it's the energy that I'm pouring into that makes DFM what it is. You are um, the gift. Not, well, it's, it's, it's the presence and the availability that I pour into in that container and a, I didn't have the capacity to do it and b taking my, me out just kind of makes it generic. It felt like, and not, you know, anything I offer, I want it. I want to be offering it because I feel real joy to it. Not just because it's an offering and because I believe it will really serve someone. And so kind of talking this out and asking questions and having people, you know, relay that back, um, and relayed like playing devils that, well, what if you did this? What if you did this? And noticing my body contract and just like tighten and just feel that no, <laughs> that screaming no in my body gave me the clarity that like, oh, wow, I really have to actually let this go. I didn't even consider that. What would that look like? Gosh. Well, I guess it could look like me returning to a more simplified experience of being able to hold space. So just one-to-one, boom. And then all that energy gets that I was creating for gets to be utilized in a way that actually brings me joy. And so this first feeling of freedom and expansion not freedom from the women in the group, but freedom that like, A, this is the right decision for me. This is a full body yes. And I waited until the next day. I waited several days before I actually made the announcement, but I had made the decision and I said, okay, I'll sleep on it. Um, emotional authority. <laughs> Woke up the next day and still could feel like I felt like a weight had been lifted. And I, and I remember that morning taking a shower and I put on some music and I was belting in the shower. And I had this moment of when was the last time I did this? When was like, I used to sing all the time. Like when was the last time that I actually was like singing full voice in the shower because I wanted to, because I felt free to, and it's just, it's such a simple thing, but it's also such a big thing because I realized how much of my palpable joy was missing from my own life. And, you know, since then it's like, I feel like music, music has always been a part of my life, but it's returned full force. I feel like 
I'm more connected to my body. I feel more excited. I feel less pressure. I feel more hopeful. I feel more trusting. And every time we trust ourselves, every time we trust our intuition and we continue to do that, we build that, we build that trust. Like, oh, it's safe for me to trust. When I trust myself, this is what happens. So yeah, I would say freedom, expansion, joy, um, playfulness, curiosity, and um, yeah, just like an openness to the possibility of what's in store without needing to plan for it, without needing to take my, my claw and grip onto it and control what it looks like. Um, yeah, just to feel open and ready for something new. And I'm so excited for that something new. I want to talk about emotional authority a bit. As you just mentioned, you know, sleeping on it. Is it hard for you? I don't know if we've ever even talked about this. Is it hard for you when you feel like you, like you feel into something and like it feels really good? Is it hard for you to sleep on it? Mm -hmm. This is hard for me. I like make myself. Yeah. When, when I'm like, yeah, when I'm in like a, when I'm feeling really impassioned about something, I just want to like go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be like also in a, in a way of like, oh, I have a lot to say. I want to say this right now. Um, that I've learned really just take your, take a beat, <laughs> just take a beat. If it's, if it's still applicable, you'll know, you'll feel it. Um, but yeah, when I'm really excited about something, it's like, in the moment, I just, I want to share it with as almost as many people as possible. And then the next day there's almost this like hangover or like remorse of, Oh, I let that out of the bag too soon. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, wasn't really ready for that. (laughs) So, um, as much as like, I have that excitement, I do need to wait to check and make sure it's authentic because a lot of, a lot of times, you know, just like creative ideas I've had, I get it. I get a creative idea and I get excited about the possibility of how it could help someone else and how it could really expand their experience. And then I go telling them, Oh, Hey, I think this is what I'm going to do. And then I don't, let myself feel into, yeah, you could do that. Do you actually want to? And I, and I, my first inclination is how is this going to support others? And if I can see that, like, oh, it's going to light them up. It's going to be really, then I, then I got even more excited about it, but I really have to go back into my body and go, do I have the capacity to create that right now? And is that aligned for me right now to do that? Could I do it? Yes. Do I really truly want to, is the creating of that going to offer me something other than just added stress? Yeah. And that's something that I certainly struggle with. And as an MG added layer of, okay, so I'm supposed to inform. So it's going to, I'm supposed to tell people, okay, I'm going to make this, but then my sacral changes really fast. So by the time I announce it, I'm like, oh, now I don't want to do it anymore. 
And now I feel right. that like pressure of commitment and how can I get around yeah. this? Which reminds me something else we've been talking about is sometimes we get you and I, at least I'm pretty sure this happens to all humans, but we get this like intuitive hit to dive deep into something. And yeah. we think, oh yeah, I'll create a course on this or I'll make this for the people. But it turns out it was just for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And that's why, you know, taking that time, especially well, like for emotional authority is so important because we never, we, we, we don't always know how the nuggets are going to come in how like the next piece or the next bit of wisdom or the, or the clarity that we're searching for. And it could come in through an exploration through your own work. But if you are programmed to think, oh, this could be for someone else. Oh, this could, I could do this for someone else. Then um, yeah, some, then it, I've, I've noticed a lot of times that um, I even lose the, the reward or the joy of like, just receiving, like, I haven't, I haven't even allowed myself to receive the gift yet. I'm already passing it off. And, you know, passing off that energy as we're talking about this. And I think we've talked about this before. This is both of us. I think we both need to hear this multiple times a day. We are here to heal ourselves. And by healing ourselves, we heal others. So when we start thinking, I'm going to make this to help people heal themselves. No, 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 no. Heal myself. And then just by doing that, I don't have to then like create something for people. It's simply by my healing that I heal other people. Goodness. Amen. And then there's the fact that neither of us are built for strategy. So sometimes I think if we're like, oh, I'll do this. Like if I do this, then they'll do that. Or like, that's the type of strategy that is so not for us thinking that if then, if I, I don't know, if I write this post, then people will buy this. If I, no, no, no. Again, we're just here to stay in our own lane, heal ourselves and grief. Yeah. Grief knocked us both into that place of like, oh, all I can do is heal myself right now. Yeah. And, you know, I remember like coming out of maybe like two months out of that. You never, you you never want to launch, like when you're in the thick of grief, you're never thinking, oh gosh, I can't wait to be back here. Like, this is a great feeling. But two months out, I was like, actually thinking to myself, I remember I was doing the dishes and I was actually thinking to myself, the blessing of that time was that I had nowhere else to be, but with myself, I had no one else I had to tend to. I had no appointment I had to show up for. I had no commitment that was lurking in my calendar. I missed that. Mm-hmm. And that was also really telling, you know, of how I had through my conditioning stretched myself so thin that time with myself was 
Like it's so like so needed, just really so needed. And this is something without an agenda. Yes. Yes. The, I know I've said to you, I don't want to show up at a certain place at a certain time. I'm very much over that. Right. And (laughs) yeah, I'm just going to sit with that for a second. Um, but this isn't just for people listening. This isn't just a projector thing. This is not just Meg being a projector being like, Mm. I don't have the energy to work all day because Meg has said to me numerous times, I you've commented on my inner projectorness because I'm the same way. Like, I don't want to be working all <laughs> yeah. day, every day. I, that's not sustainable for me. Well, none of us are actually designed to do that. We aren't robots. No, we are not. We are we're not cyclical beings. Yeah. We're not worker bees. We're not. No. We have seasons where we are, you know, we're feeling that energy, that, that propelling of force moving forward, that energy, that drive, um, that is aligned and natural for us. But following that is always a period of rest or integration. You know, and if we don't allow that, then we burn out. Yeah. I can't remember if I talked about this in a podcast or not, but, um, and I don't know what brought this up, but Pete pointed out once that I live my life the most like our ancestors or like indigenous tribes, mm-hmm. because my day is rest, walk, c- connect with humans on a like gentle, mm-hmm. deep level, intense bout of physical activities and resting and walking. Like, and being in nature. Yes. And being in nature, which is absolutely, yeah. absolutely essential. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, we're not built for that frantic. Like, oh my God, how am well, I going to fit it all in? We, exactly. And that's why, that's why everyone is sick, stressed, not feeling fulfilled because the way the culture is set up is not for us for the people running (laughs) the show. And until we take our autonomy back, until we take our lives back and go, I'm not going to participate in this rat race anymore. This doesn't work for us. And that, you know, when you're really in like deep in certain industries, like the health industry and things like that, that can feel like a real challenge because it doesn't matter what you feel like, there are still sick patients coming in and you have to tend to them. But if we don't ask the questions, how do we do this sustainably so that it supports all of us, not just the patients coming in? And, And what is the level of care that we're offering to the patients coming in when we aren't supported? When we don't have the tools that we need. And this is really where I feel like we're moving into is to dismantle all of these things that aren't functioning. We are not a functioning society. And that is so proof of like, people can't get their basic needs met. People are struggling. They're doing, you know, three to four jobs just to survive. No, we should not be living that way. And, and reaching for things just to like calm, just to numb, just to, you know, get us to be able to keep going 
that are all toxic and, and breaking down the body's ability to function and work in its optimal way. We are not living in alignment collectively. And so as individuals, we have to take that responsibility back because no one else is going to do it for you. And no one else, no one else what your alignment looks like. Exactly. And there's a lot of judgment in our culture right now, rooted in fear um, of this is what you must do in order to be aligned, in order to be a good citizen, in order to be X, Y, Z, that isn't correct for everyone. And we are all unique individuals. We are all requiring different things. Our bodies are all uniquely built and different. That's what human design talks about. So one solution isn't going to be the cure for everyone. One way of working and living isn't going to be aligned for everyone. The way that I work and live is not going to be fulfilling or joyful or expansive to someone else. So we have the only way that we can live in alignment is by coming back and asking ourselves the question, what does alignment for me look like? When do I feel joy? When do I feel nourished? When do I feel supported? When do I feel like I can breathe and relax? And if you don't know the answer to that question, that's a really big, exciting invitation to dive into. Yeah. And if you're also finding like, there's one thing that you do that lights you up so much and you absolutely love it, but the rest of the things don't, well, then how Mm -hmm. can you expand more of that one thing? Yes. And how can you do that one thing without placing an expectation of what that is supposed to become? Right. Like my passion, like where I'm feeling called is to like return to music. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to go and, you know, start singing on stage again. No, I just want to sing for me because it brings me joy. But this is the thing when we're living in alignment and we're doing those things that bring us joy. Guess what? Energetically, we expand, we radiate. The universe sees that responds, (laughs) opportunities come in. Our mind goes, well, if I want to get to X, if I want to get from A to Z, I have to go through B, C, D, E, F, G. The universe doesn't work that way. Our intuition doesn't work that way. It's like, oh, I want to, you know, write this book. This is my dream to write this book. Well, yes. One way I could do that would be to sit down every day and write the book. And that is part of the process. However, what's also part of the process is going for walks in nature and getting inspired as not going for walks on nature in nature to get inspired, but just living my life, having experiences, having epiphanies come in as I'm interacting with life around me singing because it brings me joy. And then, oh my gosh, this is bringing in an emotional experience that I want to talk about in the book. This is the thing is it's not a linear process. And also why do we have to quantify, like quantify everything? Like, why does everything have to result in something like this? I created this, this is now a product. I will now sell this. 
create just to create, live just to live. That's what we got to get back to. You know, it doesn't have to be for someone else. It could just be for you. And that is perfect and enough. And it can just be for the process, not the product. And the process. That was when I used to choreograph. And I remember you and I talking about this. Um, when I used to choreograph, it, it wasn't the final piece at the end. Um, that is what I loved about it. It was the process of getting there. And so I would, you know, have a couple of eight counts laid out in my mind. And then we get on the floor and we'd experiment. It was very much in my design in that way. We'd experiment and I get to see what it looked like and get to feel what it looked like with the music. And if it matched, if it made sense, if it was communicating the story that I had envisioned or that I was feeling or the story that I felt like they needed to tell through their movement. And then sometimes I'd be, I'd come back and I'd be like, we're scratching all of that. We're, we're starting again. And Luckily, my dancers were always like willing to do, they knew that they'd get a great piece at the end, but it was, it was about playing. It was about discovery. It was about me having conversations with them, um, especially, you know, young teenagers who are in this stage of wanting and young dancers, let alone wanting to be perfect, wanting to do everything right, wanting everything to be precise. And me having to sit down and go with them and go, why are you dancing? Why do you come here three days a week, three nights a week after a full day of school? Why do you come here? If you're so focused on the precision, the precision you get, you just, it's repetition. But if that's where your focus is and it isn't in feeling the movement, the story that you're telling through your body, why would I want to watch you? Why do I care? Why do you care? So that was the, that was so joyful to see them come alive in their own story, in their own emotional experience of, I'm like, this is what this means to me, but that doesn't mean that this is what this means for you. I want you to go home and listen to this song and see what it is that, what story you want to tell with this. This is your story, not mine, but it's not like if, if it were such a linear process, it would be like, okay, each week we learn four, eight counts and then we just run it, run it, run it, run it. And then we do our show. No. I mean, yes, you could do that, but it's very palpable when something feels stale and rehearsed and perfected to the point that the joy has been sucked out of it. I love knowing your chart really clearly. And just <laughs> so I am like, I love that you know my chart. And really this, is, this is the 4130 channel right now. And this, this is your purpose, Meg, this, this is Mm -hmm. a massive gift that you have, that you bring to the world that you I'm sure brought to all those dancers. And yeah, 
What was your own answer? Why do you dance? For me, it's to, you know, to actually circle it back to what you said at the beginning, like the English language does not have words. Um, and I'm not, I don't feel like speaking is my <laughs> um, most aligned or preferred mode of communication. For me, it's always been writing and always been dance because there's so much more I can say through my through the creative emotional energy that's moving through me um, in a written experience where I can really go into detail and express things in a lyrical way and give and create visualizations to what I'm experiencing or wanting to share. And then physically just the energy of emotion, um, you know, dance, as I said, saved me. Music saved me when I was younger because I had no outlet. I had no release as a very empathic kid, feeling a lot of things in an environment where no one felt anything. And we were all also dealing with really like high level stress and uh, realities and situations. Death was always lurking around the corner. And I was like, all the elephants in the room, no one's addressing them. Okay. I don't know how to move through this, this elephant room that I'm in. Um, dance became my savior. It became the way that I really connected to what I was feeling and to be able to give voice to that in a way that I couldn't with words. I didn't necessarily, I wasn't taught how to connect my words to, in writing, yes, but like to speak out loud, it was very uncomfortable for me. And so dance um, and music, because you could find a song that um, the lyrics really spoke to how you were feeling and you could connect so deeply to that feeling that you could go there viscerally in a way that you needed to heal it, to move it, to connect to it. So feeling deeply, which is that <laughs> gate 30 and that artistic expression, the needing to like that has always been up until I found other tools, that was always my gateway. That was always my lifeline. And it's so funny because not that the tools that I've learned aren't valuable, they're incredibly valuable. But when I'm really honest with myself, the way that I get there is going back to what I did before all that. That's your true alignment. Those other tools are great if you're like yeah. in an airplane, someplace where you can't move around. Yeah. Where your true alignment <laughs> yeah. is in moving and, and writing is movement too. That's why it comes out through your yeah, hand absolutely. more than it does through your mouth. The channeling of energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is incredible. I just want to say watching you move through that deep emotional wave. It's such a, it's such a journey to mm. like just observe and 
or for me, try to, like, I know I told you before, it's like, you're a free diver and every once in a while you come up for a breath and I'm like, hi, you're doing great. <laughs> and then you go down again, like Kelsey <laughs> lifeline, <laughs> but it's, there is when you go deep, you bring back such gold for the rest of us. Mm. You, your journeys, your personal experiences, they are, they are a gift to not just the people who know you, but like the whole world. Thank you. Thanks thanks for going through the hard stuff. (laughs) Well, I think too, is that, you know, one of the hopes that I have is because I see it's where we're the true key to healing is, is through emotional healing. (laughs) Um, and because everything that we experience, every trauma, every event, um, especially if, um, it was traumatic for us, that energy doesn't go anywhere. It just stays stagnant. And, you know, in coaching or healing, we talk a lot about blocks. Really. I feel like that's just emotional energy that didn't get a chance to move. It was a part of you that didn't get to be witnessed in a moment of real deep pain or suffering or tragedy. And so it's like, we get to witness ourselves over and over again and just how multidimensional and, and, um, just our, our full range of, of the capacity that we have to, to feel and experience this life. And I know it's scary for a lot of people. Um, and not everyone has the tools or we're given tools to be able to process, move through witness. They're just trying to survive. And so part of why I want to create art, um, and even through my writing or whatever it in dance, whatever it is, is to give people permission that it's okay to feel deeply and that you're going to make it through and that you're going to survive it. And actually you build resiliency, you build trust. You that's that this is how we heal. We can't bypass this. There's no magic pill. There's no logic of the brain that you can rationalize. We are not math problems we are sentient beings and we like that is the gateway so if my art can provide a gateway a doorway an invitation for someone to feel something and that's why we love music that's why we love movies that's why we love books because we are looking to these things to access feel witness something in us that hasn't been allowed to be witnessed or we haven't had the capacity to, or the space to. So we go to the movies and we cry and we laugh and we scream and we rage because we have to, to be alive. And so if that is what I can offer is just a way to feel, to heal, then that for me feels the most fulfilling 
work I could ever do. And that is literally what your soul's blueprint says you are here to do. Yeah. Imagine that (laughs) it's so much simpler (laughs) than we make it out to be. (laughs) But humans, we have to go on a few detours before we settle into like, Oh, what feels really good can be what I do. Right. Well, exactly. And you told me this when we did our human design reading a long time ago, you told me this is your life purpose. And I was like, yeah, I feel that. And yet my mind is like, well, this is what I do. And this is how it has to look and blah, blah, blah. So that's why I think the biggest gift of this year and something that I've really been advocating is for people to um, really ask themselves the brave questions. And is this aligned for me? And with your three line and your taste digestion, like you're going to have to try things out to see if they fit. You're going to have to try a million things. You're going to have to experiment. Yeah. And that's just flow for you. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that I used to, you know, I, I needed to have the answers. I needed to have things perfect as I've gotten older. I've let that go a lot. Um, but really everything I do is an experiment. Every offering is an experiment. Every iteration of DFM was an experiment. And when it had to change or when I felt like the energy needed to shift. I always had to honor that. It couldn't just be like, well, this is what we offer and this is, and it just has to stay this way. Any successful business or any successful endeavor, it, it, it's not, this is what works. So we're just going to do this and we're not going to change. We're not going to adapt. You have to adapt. You have to change. You have to follow where life is calling you to go. And if you don't, that creates stagnation, that creates backup, and that can be experienced financially, health-wise, life situations. And those are invitations and cues to go, hey, things aren't flowing. Why? And not why me. We can take that question and go, well, what am I not doing? Why am I not enough? We can, we can put it back on us as like a punishment instead of what is it that I'm choosing? How am I living that isn't supporting, serving, sustainable? Right. Much less. Not that you're doing anything wrong or you are wrong, but that the way the conditioning is getting in the way. Exactly. Like approaching it like you would, why is this seedling not thriving? Why is this plant not growing? Why is it not producing fruit yet? That it's the same. It's the same as why are you not thriving? Why are you not producing fruit or flowers or growing to be big and tall? Why are you not spreading out? Yeah. Maybe you need to move closer to the sun. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need a little bit more water, <laughs> a little bit more nourishment. Maybe you're not, you've outgrown this container and you need to be replanted in a bigger one. And sometimes 
I was talking to my friend Jess about this and, and um, she just said it so beautifully. She's like, I just feel like you're being replanted right now. Oh, yeah. And I just felt like that was such a, such a beautiful way to describe it. Like the pot I was in, I'd outgrown it. Um, not even the pot. It's like, I want to go back into the soil. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want a container. I feel I like you had broken the, the pot. You like were in a plastic <laughs> pot. You broke through your roots yeah. are like reaching down into the soil. And then you're like, Oh, trying to find time. the soil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Meg, I could do this all day. And I've I know I have loved this conversation. I just love your thank wisdom. Thank you for having me. And thank you for asking me beautiful questions and sharing your wisdom always and your reflections, which always bring it so much deeper. I have ideas once we stop recording for how we can do this more frequently. I'm game. We're not <laughs> going to go like a whole year again before you're back on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. Thank you. I have the space. I have the time. I'm available. Yes, <laughs> to create. Do you have any last words of wisdom that you'd like to leave people with? Hmm. That this is your life. And it's precious and it's sacred and it's yours. And the reason why... I think we love Christmas um, is it connects us to a magic that we've lost in our everyday life. And why I love stories like a Christmas Carol is because sometimes we need a life review to go, all right, that's what happened in the past. And that's what I'm carrying into the present. How do I want to live in the future? How do I want to live from this moment on? And I think if we aren't asking that question, we're just going to perpetuate more pain. Absolutely. So live your life in a way that is meaningful for you. And if that sends you on a journey to figure out what that is, then that's perfect. You don't have to know right now, but it is your divine birthright to have that is every single human being's divine birthright to have a life that they love. Because when you are in that place of joy and fulfillment, feeling nourished, tending to the things that matter, that's when you impact people. That's when you're, um, you offer so much more to the world than you ever could in your tight, constricted planters. So that would be my invitation is to live your life in a way that is truly meaningful. And you can't go to your brain for that answer. No, you have to go to the body. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I adore you. I adore you. How can people <laughs> connect with you? What's the best way to find you? 
Um, well, I'm doing some changes obviously to the website. So when that's available, it will be meghaines.com. Otherwise on Instagram at meg.m.haines and yeah, look forward to it. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with everyone you think would enjoy it as well. And if it inspires you to do so, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the Find Your Awesome Podcast a five-star rating and a review. And apparently you can do that on Spotify now too. If you've listened to 30 or more episodes, it's going to let you give us a five-star rating. So if you are a Spotify listener, please do that. That's it. Have a blessed, magical, miraculous holiday season. Be the light. See the light. Spread the light. Receive the light. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.